Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namoski, and welcome back to our Supercoach Instant Reaction podcast series. Today we'll be looking at the forwards, the big men, the front rowers. So a slightly different format to what we're doing in the last couple of podcasts. I'm going to go for a top 16 and just give you my thoughts on the top 16, how I have them ranked. Then I'm going to give you six players next on the list to watch, so on the bubble there of the top. And then I've got six big risk players where if you do pick them up in classic or draft, it might be a bit of a boom or bust uh, in my opinion. But we'll start with our the top 16. So we'll start with number one, Payne Haas from the Brisbane Broncos. Played 17 games last year for a 75 average. Currently valued at $668,600. I have him going as a round one grade. So I think with Payne Haas, there's not much to say. He's the best front rower in the game in terms of a super coach output. Always plays big minutes. With Kevy Walters coming to the Broncos now, is there a chance that they might drop the minutes to save him for and to get bigger bursts out of him? It is possible, but with an average of 75 last year, I don't see it going anywhere below a 70. And in our front row, such as his captain's option, if you do have Payne Haas, you can just lock him in for 130 minimum as a captain. And in classic, you know, that 668,000, there's not going to be much of a drop off there from a 75 average. So I think Payne Haas is a out and out number one. I think in a, in a speaking of draft comp, your spine will go first. I think the the first non-spine player to go will be Payne Haas, and again, it's just a consistent one of the safest locks from a captaincy perspective. So if you do have pick six, pick seven, and Payne Haas is there, it'd be very tempting to go for it, just because you obviously know. Not as much as a high ceiling in terms of if there's no tries, but that's 75. If you get 140 from your captain every week, you're going to be in most of your matchups there. So Payne Haas is undisputed number one. I think there is a chance for lost minutes, but there is also a chance where he can just come in great form and push out close to an 80-minute performance and even bump that average up towards an 80. I think there's not much of a... It's a very low floor. Sorry, it's a very high floor and a, a very high ceiling. So for me, Payne Haas, number one prop in the game. Next, we're going to go Josh Papali from the Canberra Raiders. Played 19 games last year for a 63 average. Currently valued at $560,400. And I have him going as around 3 to 4 grade. So I've put him as front row number 5 this year for me. I had Josh Papali last season in Classic and in Supercoach uh, draft and loved both of them. He was one of the most consistent performers. Always hit around that 60. Knew what you were getting with Josh. You know, he always could uh, pluck the odd try and get up past 100. So for me, Josh Papali, that Canberra forward pack rotation is getting bigger and bigger. Obviously, Ryan James coming to the club. You've got Soliola still there. Sutton. So there's a couple of players there that may pinch minutes here and there. Uh, Corey Horsberg coming back. Emery Gula coming back. But for me, Josh Papali, he's the undisputed leader of that pack. I think you've just got to pencil him in for a 60 every week. To me, he'll be maybe the, the fourth or fifth player off the board, depending on how someone values him. But for me... When you get into those rounds threes and four, when you start to nail your first two picks and you just want to get some safety, some value coming in, I think Joshua Parley is definitely one. So I'm not too concerned with the, the drop-off of minutes. I think there may be a five or ten minute here and there, but in terms of what we saw from him, even towards the end of the season when he did have an injury and he was only playing the one stint, he was still able to push a 45 out. So for me, Joshua Parley, front row number five, but there's a lot of value in there for him. Next on the list, we got Big Tino uh, from the Titans. He's a dual second row forward. Played 19 games for a 57 average. We're currently valued at $504,900 and going at around 3 to 4 grade. 
for me, front row number six this year. He's one of my loves. Uh, that 19 played games for a 50 cent average, a lot of those were off the bench. He can turn up very easily with the amount of work he does. He does also get in some try scoring opportunities. So that 504,000, very, very tempting. I will start him in classic and I will target him in draft. For me, Tino's one of those guys, especially now that you put him in a starting 13. Whether he does play prop or 13, I think regardless, he could even play on an edge the way he is so dynamic. And right, and as I said, similar to Joshua Parley, once you nail your first two picks and you can kind of solidify a spine or your big movers, to me, Tino's one of those ones where obviously his first season starting, so you've got to see what the output will be, but I just think it's high. So for me, it's definitely a high-end play. If you can grab Tino in the fourth round, it could potentially be a second-round pick you're getting a couple of rounds later. So I love the upside from Tino. That Titans team, we have discussed it in a couple of pods now. I do see them being improved. Whether he runs off Ash Taylor, whether he runs off Fogarty, or whether he's, you know, sniffing around the ruck and giving some offloads to Brimson, I think there's just points there for him. I think he's definitely one to look for in terms of a try-scoring forward. So for me, I've got him as front row six, but it's kind of that unknown. We haven't seen him play a full season starting, but I really want to get in on it in both of the formats there. Next on the list, we have David Clemmer from the Knights. Played all 20 games last year for a 67 average. Current value of $592,200, and I've got him going as a round two grade. To me, he's the undisputed number two in the props this season. That 67 average was on a down year. Most would say he obviously didn't make the Origin team. There was a lot of uh, people saying that his performances weren't that good, and he still pushed out near 70. So for me, it's an undisputed number two. I think uh, if you do nail your halfback or your 5'8 or your hooker in the first round, you could easily just go Clemmer number two and all of a sudden you have two great captaincy options for the season from a draft perspective in Classic. I think that 592 is unders. There's definitely room to move. We have seen his offload game uh, getting stronger and stronger throughout the year. Now, try scoring, obviously it's not his game, but his meters, his offloads, his tackle breaks, all those, I think he's a workhorse. He can push big minutes if needed. So for me, I think David Clemmer, that Knights team, I'm a little bit worried about them this season in terms of what they're going to perform as a team. But I think from a, he's going to really want to stamp up. And, you know, there was talk that Daniel Saifidi is now the the form premium forward in that pack. I think David Clemmer in a contract year as well. I think there's definitely room for him here to kind of shop and say, look, this is still my team. I'm still the big boy of this pack. So for me, I think it's definitely value. Uh, at the 592, and in a draft, you know, if he can get down to around three grade, you'll be cheering there. So, got him as the number two forward there. Next on the list, we got Siwa Takeoha. Uh, played 18 games last year for a 64 average. Current value is $562,500. I've got him going as around two to three grade, and I have got him as front rower number three. For me, the thing that's so intriguing about Takeoha, you saw last season, obviously, put a great uh, campaign together. But the goal kicking, for me, if he is the goal kicker, obviously he is a prop, so there'll be times off the field where he will not be kicking, but you can just pencil him for an extra six to eight every game points. Then that average obviously goes into the 70s. Now we're talking front row number two, pushing pain hard. So for me, Takiyaho, I think the Roosters had a down year to what they normally expect, and will that again happen this year possibly? But I think he is uh, matchup proof now. He just gets through the work when he's on the field. The added bonus of the goal kicking there, I really love it for Takiyaho. So another one to keep an eye on there. I think there will be value if you can squeeze him in round three and four. I think people will be on him because of the goal kicking this season. So I personally will not be starting with him in Classic. I've got a couple of lower price options that I do like. 
But in saying that, I think, yeah, from a from a draft perspective, another one where if you can get him as your front row number two, then you'll be absolutely cheering with that. Next on the list, we've got Junior Polo from the Parramatta Eels. Played all 20 games last year for a 64 average. Current value is $570,100. Now I've got him going as around four to five grade. Front row number seven for me this season, I think, obviously, just a workhorse at the Parramatta Eels can get a good offload in as well. Now, the forward rotation again, similar to talking about the Raiders, I think Parramatta's forward rotation, there's a lot of bodies there and a lot of minutes to be played. Junior Polo has shown ability to play big minutes. He has also shown that they do like to monitor his minutes. So for me, I won't be going near the 570, but I think there is value from a draft comp. I got him as around four to five. You can get Junior Polo in round five and you can solidify your forward pack, or even if he's your, your forward number one. A, a good captaincy option, 64 average. You always want to punch out 110, 120 as the captain. It's more than you want from a draft comp as your front row number one, and you can get some good value there. So for me, Junior Polo, front row number seven, uh, and I think, yeah, not going to crack that that top tier of the prophecy season, but I could definitely see uh, if he can, you know, play some big minutes and get some offloads, he could definitely break that. Next, we have Marty DePauw from the Manly Seagulls. Played 18 games last year for a 60 average. Current value at 531,000. And I've got him as around 3 to 4 grade. To me, this is one of my, this is my other love for the props. He's got, I've got him as front row number 4. A lot higher than I have seen a lot of people rank him. To me, he is now the undisputed, unquestioned leader of this Manly pack with Fanua Blake leaving. I think they're going to ask him to play big minutes. I think he will play big minutes. To me, Marty DePauw is just going to be the heart and soul of that pack, and I just think there's value. The 531,000, I can see him pushing up to a 65 average, and there's money to be made there. From a draft comp, really think, you know, I want to solidify him as my number one prop uh, and would not be worried about putting in a tough matchup if my, you know, my number one draft pick or number two draft pick has tough matchups. There'll be no problems in putting the captaincy onto power. I think he'll get the job done. And to me, he's just one of those upside players where I think if you do, if a team asks him or a coach asks him to put the team on his back, he'll go out there and run through a brick wall for him. So for me, all those kind of off-field uh, factors are really factoring into my on-field performance here. I think Tapao is in for a season. Des is going to fire him up, and he's one of my loves for this season. Next on the list, we've got James Fisher-Harris from the Panthers, a dual second row, front row. Played all 20 games last year for a 59 average. Starting price at $522,200. And I have him going, going as around 5 to 6 grade as front row 11. For me, uh, the the Panthers, are I think they're going to go very well this year. But I think that forward pack, there's been a lot of changes in there. Tedavano, Tamau, not there. I think there, there'll be some slight changes. I think James Fisher-Harris isn't really suited to the bigger minute stints. Obviously did play a couple of really big 70, and I think he even got to an 80 minute at some stage. But to me, I think he's more of that 55-60, just get him in burst, get him out there. That fight, The 522 is nice, especially with the duel. A lot of flexibility. From a draft combo, I do want to target him. If I can get him as my second front rower, or even my second uh, two front rower, and with that jaw, just gives a lot of flexibility. So definitely one. I've got him obviously ranked uh, front row 11, but that's not. I think there's just obviously some... Some big fours that will push out some big scores this season. But from a dual perspective, it's it's a definite... It's up there with Tino in terms of the, the duels just going to be so important this year with not many high-end duels this season. So definitely one to monitor there. Next on the list, we have Adam Fanua Blake from the Warriors. Played 15 games last year for a 60 average. Current value is 528,000 even. And I'm going as around 4 to 5 grade as front row number 8. 
To me, Adam Fanua Blake, I think he's going to, again, similar to the power, he's going to be the leader now of this Warriors pack. He's going to show those young forwards how to do it. I think the way the Warriors play with Nick Rima and Harris DeVita in the halves, I think they're going to give Fanua Blake good ball, and I think there's going to be enough support players there when offloads get done. The line break assists will be very handy for Fanua Blake. I think the change of scenery for him, a bit of focus back on the footy. There's just a lot of upside there. For me, he's definitely one I will be starting with in Classic. Uh, him and Power as my front row is really appealing to me. Uh, restri- restriking up their manly combination, obviously, with different teams now. But to me, a 60 average, again, another just solid captaincy option. You're never going to get below a 50. It's just going to be guaranteed points. And 528, I just think is unders for what Fanil Blake is going to do this season. So front row number eight, but I, by the end of the season, if he's if I re-rank him, you know, look at all the stats, and he's front row number three, would not surprise me. He's got that upside, that ceiling, to really get the job done for you. Next on the list, we've got Daniel Saifidi from the Newcastle Knights. Played 13 games last year for a 63 average. Currently valued at $560,800. Got him guys around 4 to 5 grade as front row number 9. A couple of injury factor games last season. Uh, obviously missed a chunk of the season, missed 7 games. But when he was on the field, did show a lot. Now, to me, I think there will be a slight regression on it because I think Clemmer is going to really stand up and take a lot of those uh, impact runs that Saifidi had. But as a one-two punch, if you just kind of wanted to in rounds four and five or three and four, if you just wanted to go Clemmer, Saifidi and lock up the front row, it's a great option. Um, to me, Saifidi's come on leaves some bounce to what I thought he could ever be in the NRL. Just a very consistent performer, obviously, in the State of Origin team now and really pushing for a Kangaroos jersey. So... To me, there's definitely some value there, the 560000 And if he does play every game and can, you know, stay on the field and push out some minutes, kick it up to a 65, 68 average. So Daniel Saifidi, it's another one where if you want to kind of target your front rows later in the later in the draft, you know, round, getting him in round five as your first front rower, there's definitely worse options and you can kind of fill out your team in the other places. So Daniel Saifidi, definitely one to watch there. Next list, we have Alex Twelve from the Tigers, another dual second front rower. Played 12 games last year for a 57 average. Current price of $505,700. And I have him going as around four to uh, sorry, around five to six grade as front rower number 10. Uh, Alex Twelve is an interesting one. I think just the injury history for me is keeping him away a little bit from where I kind of want to be a bit higher on him. And we did see, you know, he used to push out the big minutes, slightly regressed last season in terms of minutes. They did want to kind of keep him fresh, and that may have been due to the injuries. I'm not going to be starting him in a classic. I do see the the appeal in it, especially if you can put him in your second row. Uh, but to me, definitely be one I'll be tar- kind of targeting. I hope he does drop, you know, to around 6th and 7th grade uh, in someone's draft league, and you can kind of snap him up as another dual option. Um, so not, not too much. I'll, uh, there's a couple of... Obviously, the Tigers, I think, will get the spoon this year. There are some Tigers that just have such good value in a Classic and in a draft where I think they're just going to score points. Twile is one of them. So definitely what I'll keep my eye on from a draft perspective if we get lower into the rounds and I see him there, we'll pick him up. Uh, but there's not much really for me to, in a Classic comp yet. I think, you know, if he starts the season on fire and, you know, he punches out some big scores, will I jump on him? Most likely, and try and upgrade one of my bench spots there with the money I've saved in the bank, but uh, not going to be starting with him. Next on the list, we've got Moeki Fotoweka from the Titans. Played 18 games last year for a 60 average. Valued at $528,100. I've gone as around 7 to 8 grade as front rower 15. 
So Ford Awake is another one. I'm not going to be starting with him in a classic. I think there's not too much room for growth, especially with the forwards they have brought in. But from a from a draft perspective, more of if you want to fill in your second front row around 8-9, if he slips that far, you'll be very happy with that. Uh, Ford Awake has shown, can get through some work, has got an offload on him. Now, with the improved Titans team, do we now think that with all the pieces they've added in, there's a bump there and they really get over the advantage line and, you know, he can uh, get a couple of tries? Possibly. Not going to be starting with him. Kind of similar as we start getting down these front rowers. We want to be targeting around the halfway point of a draft, trying to lock in as your second front rower. Uh, so, Fort Awake is not one of those. Next on the list, we have Paul Vaughan from the Dragons. Played 15 games for a 58 average last year. Current price of $513,200. Now I have him going as around 6 to 7 grade as front row of 13. So Paul Vaughan's an interesting one. I picked him up last season in the draft in round 5. Uh, and did really well. Traded him halfway through the season. The, towards the end of the season, there were some weird things with the minutes going on. Especially uh, later in the season. I think that's not going to be a repeat. I think he's going to be the leader. I think... Uh, coaching staff there will realize he is easily the best forward they have in the pack and they want to ride him. So I think that 530,000, it's a nice, it's a nice value, especially if you can push re get into that low sixties for an average. And from a draft perspective, again, one of those guys where as we start heading past round six and you're kind of wanting to start going, okay, we're just guaranteed points, putting Paul Vaughan as your first or second front rower. You can definitely do that and feel good about it. Next on the list, Regan Campbell-Gillard from the Parramatta Eels. Played 19 games last year for a 57 average. Current price of $507,700. Now I have him going as around 7 to 8 grade as front row of 14. Uh, very similar to the last couple of guys we spoke about. Not looking as a, at a classic side. Minutes around the team is a bit concerning with the number of players around. But again, once you pass round, round 6 and you're kind of just wanting to bank some points, again, Campbell-Gillard not going to do you any wrong there. Josh Alloway is next from the Manly Sea Eagles. Played 18 games last year for a 56 average. Current price of $495,600. I have him going as around 8 grade as front rower 16. So to me, he just cracks his tier of the top 16. Did all that work in that Tigers team that didn't really go well last year. Gets put into this Manly pack to go side Marty to power. So I think there will be a slight bump. I think he could go close to that 60. Uh, but for me, I think it's probably going to merit remain around that 55 average uh similar to the guys just you know you're looking for points bat, bag the points after round uh round six in a draft and from a classic you know the 495 it's it's kind of appealing but for me i think just kind of, again he's one of those guys after a couple of rounds you'll kind of see how they're going to be using him and then you can make a call there the last player in the first list it's luke thompson from the dogs dual second row front row played 10 games last year for a 51 average uh, current value is $451,800, and I've got, got him going as around 6 to 7 as front row 12. To me, this is my pick of the bunch. I think so many factors, as we spoke about in the Doggies uh, podcast, came over during a pandemic, had a train in quarantine in a hotel room, obviously adapting to the first time out of England. Just so many factors. They didn't really play him in the right places, I thought. You know, trying to work out locks, uh, front row. To me, I think he's just going to come in and wreck the league. I think the duel is what makes it so appealing. I think it's very up there with Tino in terms of, by the end of the season, I could see him at front row number five or six. Uh, if he can get some big minutes, he can get, you know, 65 plus, and they're playing around the middle of the field and just getting through work, then that 451, I could easily be seeing 
that low 600. So to me, definitely one I'm going to start with. I'm putting him in my second row. Just have that nice flexibility of the, of the duel there. Uh, but yeah, for me, Luke Thompson is one of those ones where I just lo- love the upside. Uh, and I don't think there's going to be much of a regression at all. All right, guys. So we'll quickly just go through the last two uh, groups here. So the next one ha- one we have here is the next six to watch. So the ones on the bubble to where I think uh, pass in the next tier. So all of these guys I have going as round eight onwards. Uh, so Josh McGuire um, from the Cowboys. To me, you know, his average is 64 last year. It's a little bit of a trap to me. I think the 564,000 is going for right now is a bit high. I think there's not many other options they have there, but I do think Francis Muller will crack this starting side at some stage. Now, whether you push Maguire back and put him in on edge, I don't think he's really an edge. Can't put him in lock, obviously, because Tom Malolo is there. So I definitely think there's uh, some slight regression to be had. But again, if you're picking him late, if he can slip and you know people will have the same feeling about him, you can get him at around 8, 9, 10, then you'll be very happy with that. Uh, next on the list, we have Christian Wood uh, from the uh, Christian Welch from the Storm. Played 16 games last year for a 51 average. Current price of $453,500. To me, he's just showing that he's just one of those players. He's going to get you the 50. And as a second front row option, uh, you can't be not happy. You can be happy with that. Uh, the next couple I'm going to bunch together. So it's Aaron Woods and Tom Burgess. Um, both around the 460,000 mark right now. Both averaged a 53 last year from 20 games. Again, just uh, very solid second front row options there. Not much to say. Uh, and then we've got Blake Laurie, who has got a duel, which is why I did put him on this list. Another duel. Uh, averaged a 52 last year. And the last one I put on the bubble, to me, I think it's more of a bounce back. It's Jordan McLean from the Cowboys. Played 15 games last year for a 45 average. Current value is $396,900. I just think that's unders. I think we've seen Jordan McLean be able to push out big scores and get on a roll. So I think there is uh, room to be made, some money to be made there with Jordan McLean. Uh, And in a draft comp, I could easily see him, you know, slipping all the way down to around 12, 13, 14. And if you just want to wait for your second front rower and just say, you know what, the difference between front rower 20 versus front rower 35 isn't that much of a difference, then why not have, have, a, have a go at it? Because, you know, he can get you a 55 on his day. And I just think there's it's, it's a nice little gamble to pay off here. Now, I'm just going to go through, through the details in terms of an averages and values here, but I just want to kind of mention six big risk players. So, Aiden Tolman coming over to the Sharks this season. Uh, obviously had a 65 average last year, but I think in that, I think he's entering a different stage of his career, plus coming into a Sharks team that has got a lot of forwards. So, he's one that, you know, someone may pick him very early on in a draft and good on that person, but I think it may be a bit of a risk. The biggest risk, I think, of all... The forwards, second row or front row is Tavita Pengai Jr. Averages 70 last year in nine games. To me, I just can't. I just need to see if he can stay on the field in terms of injury or suspension, how he plays under Kevin Walters. I just need to see it before I commit any draft capital or the 600,000 uh, in a classic comp. Uh, James Tarmow is another one for me on the big risk. Obviously, he's going over as the, the new leader of this Tigers team. Did get his contract, so whether the contract year bump you know, and playing around such a great team like the Panthers helped it. I think it did, so I'll probably stay clear of James Tarmow. Uh, Nelson Asafa-Solomona is a dual front row, second row this year. Now, 
I put him in the big risk. I'm still going to target him in a draft comp for sure. But the I think similar to the other Jewel guys, a lot of people will see the Jewel and just really go hard at him. Again, did start off the bench, and I think that, that Melbourne's starting forward package is so good, especially the one to keep an eye on this year is Brandon Smith, obviously how they're going to try and keep him happy with the minutes. So I think there may be a loss of other minutes for some other guys. Kama Kamika coming back as well. I just think there's a lot of chance for some regression. Ben murdoch Masilla is the second last guy here. Obviously didn't play in the NRL last year. He played in the Super League. Another dual second row, front row. 330. Uh, it's, it is low right now. Uh, but I just want to kind of see how he acclimatizes back to the NRL. And last one on the list, Jared Roy, Roy Hargraves. Uh, 456,000. Not going to go near him. I think, to me... Lindsay Collins will be the starting prop opposite Takiaho throughout the season. I think Jared Warrior Hargreaves is much of a warrior as he is. I think will be suited to more of those real big impact stints off the bench in little spurts. So to me, I think I'll stay clear again, just going late in a draft and, you know, he's there as your second front row. Have a go at it. Uh, but to me, I don't think put much capital into him. And that will do it, guys, for the front rowers. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll come back next week with the second front rowers, the two, two RFs. So thanks for listening, guys. Drop a like, have a listen, and have a great day. Cheers.